This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, Welcome everyone, my name is Lise Kukkonen and this is Practitioner's Viewpoint. In this series of podcasts, I will be interviewing practitioners from all over the world and from different fields on how they see sedentary behavior and promotion of physical activity in their work. Today, I have the honor to introduce my guest, Petter Kukkonen. Petter is a professional Nordic combined coach. He coaches Team Finland for the upcoming Winter Olympics in Beijing. He is helping athletes to grow and reach their full potential. He has also written a novel about ancient Olympics. So today we are not talking about professional sports only, but we will also discuss physical activity, changing one's behavior and Petter's experience in using Fibian. I'm happy to introduce Petter Kukkonen. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. This is actually quite a special um podcast episode because Petter is also my husband so let's see how we are going to do with the questions but uh, let's start with your background would you like to tell our listeners what got you interested in coaching and maybe you would also like to uh, explain what is Nordic combined because not all our listeners maybe know the discipline yes okay let's start on that that one um yeah I was Uh, first of all, Nordic Combined is a uh, winter sport. It's pretty popular in Finland nowadays. It's a combination of two different disciplines, which are ski jumping. Uh, and then, uh, according to the results of ski jumping, we do cross-country skiing. So who, who is the best uh, ski jumper in the hill will start skiing first. And there's like certain amount of points. Like if you're losing like 10 points in ski jumping, it means that you start 40 seconds behind on cross-country skiing and we do normally 10 kilometers of skiing and then who who is the first one on the finish line he will be the winner so simple than that of, of course it's very if you go a little bit deeper on coaching it's really, really um, challenging sports to combine endurance sports and and then uh, uh, what is like the base of, of cross-country skiing but then on the other hand uh, ski jumping you need uh, uh, skills and uh, explosiveness so to combine this this kind of abilities which are in the far uh, edges of, of, of line and so in that way it's really challenging in coaching uh, so uh, that that is about nordic combined uh, myself i was an athlete in nordic combined i started my uh, i was actually i was Yeah, first like skiing in, in very little boy starting like, I don't know, at the age of four or five. And then I started ski jumping at the age of seven. So that was year 88, 1988. And so I already have like more than 30 years of experience in, in this field. And uh, I ended up my, my sport career in, in spring 2004. Um, and then since that, I, I was uh, studying in, in university. Sport sciences or sport or sport and health sciences. How do what? I don't know the uh, official name of that, but in, here in in Uvascula, where we live, and and then uh, pretty fast after I finished my career in 2004, 
I started, I think a year after already coaching. And I remember that the coaching has been always somehow or coaching or, or helping people. It's been always inside of me. I remember also during or already during my uh, sport career, I was helping a few athletes or coaching of a couple of cross-country skiers and then uh, some, somehow or somewhere where, where I was like still still pretty young guy at the age of 50, 60, 17, I could uh, stay after my own training. I stayed in Jumping Hill and, and helped, helped some some juniors to like uh, give them some instructions on jumping technique. And so I think some, like somehow, yeah, this helping, it's, it's hard to explain why it's there, but it's just like a very good feeling to... Uh, push people forward towards their, their dreams. I would like to go back to the field of Nordic combined. So you said that uh, in ski jumping, you need uh, a lot of explosiveness in your, from your muscles. And then there's this aerobic uh, cross-country skiing. So which types do you think do better in Nordic combined? Do you have to be a more fast um, athletes, you know, having the ability to sprint well or or is it the aerobic capacity which is more important or how would you see that yeah that's the main questions which is kind of like an unopened question in, in Nordic combine we are like um, thinking a lot what kind of genes we need in this kind of disciplines and of course not, not the genes are the, the only factor um, which has like impact but um, I would say that we are uh, going more in the direction of, of explosive and, and skillful athletes. Uh, it's like many changes in the rules, especially in uh, like uh, the ski jumping has been uh, or has nowadays, nowadays uh, bigger impact uh, on, on result. You need to be a really good jumper and that leads to the fact that you need to be, these uh, jumping skills need to be high. And also cross country, it's, it's maybe a bit easier than than let's say ten or even twenty years ago. Now we go a bit uh, uh, bit shorter tracks. It's a bit easier tracks. The uphills are, uh, or we use less time in uphills. There be short short ones, so it's kind of like more like interval skiing. And the speed of skiing is, is faster. Um, in the average speed, it has raised. And many competitions are uh, like the, it's like big pack of, of skiers who are like um, in final sprints or in, in final one kilometer or 500 meters they are like putting all the energy and sprinting and and the competition results are, are made in, in the last 500 meters normally so in, in that way you, you need more of this this kind of abilities yeah so you have to be fast in the uh, in the end and for our listeners I'd just like to say that Nordic combined the 10 kilometer uh, cross-country race usually takes a bit more than 20 minutes for the athletes. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so um, you and your team, you are uh, getting ready for the upcoming Beijing Olympic Games. And um, as I've heard that it's it's quite special, the cross-country part in Olympics as it's high altitude. Is that so? And uh, how is how is it going with the preparation for the Olympic Games? Uh, yeah, preparation, it's, uh, it's always going up and down. We have, or the team had really good summer and beginning of the autumn. But now, again, like one or the or last month has been a bit uh, challenging. Some illnesses and, and that kind of things uh, for, for the team. But 
yeah, it's it's really difficult to see how it's going to be. The season starts in in about two weeks, so uh, maybe not, or better not to speculate too much. But I believe that we, uh, the physical shape should be okay. But in ski jumping, it's it's, uh, it's a very challenging one because it's kind of like in, in a way it's so much about your mental uh, strength and how how it's like working, how to, like its final preparation is going, and how the competition season starts and. And it's very easy to go even this kind of like high spiral and to get the motivation and all this self-confidence or like the totally opposite way, even though nothing basically changed in your in your shape. But just like if you don't get the right technique or if you uh, do bad in a couple of first competition, then the spiral can be like going downwards. And then it's then it's challenging to turn uh, turn this around. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, what comes to Beijing, we have had uh, already three last years we've been training in high altitude. It means that we have few camps in a year, let's say roughly four to five training camps, which last from six days to up, up to two weeks. And uh, so it means we are in a high, high altitude, kind of like in the mountains, like 1,700 meters or even even two, two kilometers, where there's like less less oxygen. And that's why it's a little, little bit different. Uh, and a little bit more challenging for endurance-wise to do the trainings, and and also in uh, kind of like alpine cabins, kind of like hotel rooms, which are just like uh, uh, modified so that it's the same that, that you, you you are in in high altitude. And it's very uh, for, for the athletes, it's more challenging. The recovery is slower, um, and you need to be more careful on your re- recovery. But now, well, the Beijing will be the competition will be there in one thousand seven hundred meters. So it's a very exceptional in in our sports. We haven't had any competitions during the last ten or fifteen years in, in that uh, that high. And also, the snow is uh, that we are told that it's it's very slow. So it can be, or it will be, much more difficult, or at least much more different compared to those competitions that we are normally having during the World Cup season so but uh yeah we believe that we have prepared or our preparation has been good uh and i i believe that we may have a small advantage compared to other teams as i know that they haven't had that uh intensive high altitude training uh program than than we had but anyway it, it will be interesting two weeks in in china in many ways Are you a medical doctor, physical therapist, personal trainer, or someone else helping individuals in making a change towards a healthier, better life? Imagine a behavior change tool designed for professionals like you to help your clients achieve better results and at the same time provide you with more income. Fibian is that tool. It offers an evidence-based way for health and wellness professionals to extend their services into coaching. The only thing your client needs to do is put a tiny Fibian device into their pocket for a week. The device collects objective physical activity data from your client. Fibian helps you to educate and coach your clients through this change towards a more active and healthy life. Strengthen your expert status. Distinguish yourself from the competition. Order Fibian now at Fibian.com. We will 
we will hope that the team does great and i also believe you have a bit of advantage there so um you have a different job than many of us uh what is your um what is your work like uh do you travel much is it active passive just describe it a little bit so that the listener when we are going to come to the part where we discuss your experience with Fibion so that the listeners would um maybe get the get the feeling of your typical week at work yeah it's um it is a traveling work like first of all we are traveling with the team like roughly 180 days in a year uh during the summertime we have a normal training camp is from six days up to two weeks and then we come home and we spend time in home let's say two to three weeks and then we have next training camp with which lasts again like this roughly 10 days and then home and this is a basic rhythm the whole summer and, and autumn and competition season starts in the end of november and then uh basically there are competition in in every weekend somewhere in the scandinavia or in the middle of europe sometimes in japan or 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 china or countries like that and um during the competition season i think it, when it starts in the end of november and it's end um roughly in the second or third weekend of march you're spending one, uh, like 100 uh, days together so it's very intensive um period of time and during the summer time we are roughly 80-85 days together so that that's uh, the combination so we travel a lot uh, with, with cars with airplanes and um, and buses and, and things like that so it's lots of sitting in, in, in a way then uh, in my job uh, because I'm the head coach of the team so it, it means that I have lots of office work to do all kind of like organizing our training camps and training programs and and then uh, like Are budgeting stuff and uh, like m- m- many many things to keep the thing like rolling and also uh, to work with the junior teams and and like uh, I'm the one who's like combining all the pieces together so it means lots of uh, lots of sitting work and, and office stuff too uh, but then again uh, other side of the job is like very active because we are um, During training camps, we have two trainings in a day. One is like morning training from 9 to 11 or from 10, 10 to 12. Then we have short lunch break. And then other uh, second training of the day will be from roughly from the 4 to 6 p.m. So and we are always basically involved those trainings. When it's like ski jumping training, it's a little bit more passive. But still we are outside. We are standing there doing some maybe some small ball games in the warm, warm up. And then uh, after warm up. We are like standing in the coaches' stand, watching the jumps, filming, and and talking with 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 each other. So it's not like any super active, but uh, not not sitting for sure. And then uh, after training, let's let's say that if if it's cross country training or some kind of running or cycling, we may join the athletes for a couple of hours. Or if we don't, then we are at least watching their if they're doing cross country skiing, we are watching their technique, and we may move a little bit ski ski by ourselves or. Uh, Or, or just be be there and a little bit moving move different places to to what's in different uh, technique and their performance in different perspectives and so in, in those are um, yeah I think that's like bringing like totally other side like if you're like talking activity 
And yeah, that's basically, yeah, that, that's basically what we do. So if you would think uh, like your maybe average week, how much like exercise, let's not think about standing or just maybe doing something light exercise, light activity, but how much exercise do you think you get during a week? It m- might be very different, maybe a week at home and then a week in a training camp. What would you think? Yeah, my goal is kind of to train every second day. And I, I think it, it's the same at, at home. Sometimes I can do four or five days in, in a row, different kind of trainings, but then, then there can be two days off that I just basically do nothing, not, not like nothing special. In training camps, I, I would say it's, it's um, it depends on the week. If, if it's more like jumping week, then it's more passive. Uh, I may have, let's say, three trainings in a week, which can be like one times in the gym and one times running and one times cross-country skiing or cycling or that kind of thing. It would be like around maybe three or four hours per week. Yes, Wait. yes. Uh, yeah, I would say about five to six is, is max. If I do more, then it's kind of like exceptional a week for me. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, you had an activity um, assessment or measurement done with Fibian. Most our, of our listeners probably know that Fibian is the sponsor of this podcast. So why did you choose to do the measurement? <laughs> yeah, first of all, because my my beautiful wife forced me to do that. So <laughs> yeah, asked you, not forced you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, it's um, actually interesting, or it, it was interesting idea to really measure uh, if, if I have a, a, like active lifestyle style or not. People are very easily. Um, misunderstanding or yeah i don't know if that's the right word but somehow we don't really know what we are doing and we may have wrong kind of uh, beliefs and uh we may think that we are really active even even if we are not or vice versa but yeah i I really wanted to know that what what's my uh, basic work work day look like if i'm active and how many hours I spend like I don't know laying or sitting or that kind of things and and I think we the awareness of uh, of uh, this activity um, compared to your eating and uh, recovery and illnesses and that kind of things there are, there are lots of studies nowadays and it's interesting to find this kind of uh, uh, relationship if, if you can find something because I, I, I want to be healthy and, and live and live like healthy lifestyle and that's like like good to know if i'm even close to that or not so this is now a really good time to sum up this um, first part of our recording with petter we will uh, we will take a little break now and in the second part we are going to discuss the fibians activity measurement and the results with petter kukkonen so bye bye for a little while and we'll be Back soon with better again. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. 
If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.